Another week in the Bruce City means another week of Milwaukee, Wisconsin news headlines. Everything from coronavirus lockdowns and a not-so-coincidental spike in homicides and gun violence, to one optimistic coronavirus statistic, to police reform, and to finally a Yahoo study that might suggest one of Milwaukee's worst statistics actually might not be so bad after all. We're covering it all on an all-exclusive edition of the Our City, Our Life, Our Milwaukee podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Our City, Our Life, Our Milwaukee podcast. As always, my name is Luke Roscoe here on a beautiful uh, Wednesday here in Milwaukee. So all good stuff uh, to come here on this podcast. We're going to touch a bunch of small little things, kind of do a little kind of a rapid fire. going to talk to one big thing, a uh, economic study done uh, that I think shed some insight on some of the economic standing of Milwaukee. Then we're going to kind of go rapid fire at the end of this podcast with a little bit of... Um, police reform, a little bit of coronavirus, a little bit of homicide, a little bit of uh, lockdowns, all sorts of good stuff, kind of the, the couple big headlines this week coming from Milwaukee. Uh, but first, I want to start with this. Um, Yahoo Finance did a study this week, or launched a study this week, based off of 2019 data that basically gave with a, had a very clickbaity title. And that clickbaity title was, what, what does one need to make as a salary to live comfortably in the 50 biggest U.S. cities. And I fell victim to the clickbait and clicked on it. <laughs> and then I read the article, and I found it actually quite fascinating. Because what this study did is it looked at the 50 biggest cities, Milwaukee included, and they looked at, they did a bunch of high-depth, deep, very scientific <laughs> economical analysis, and they uh, decided how much one... Uh, one household would need to make in terms of income every year to live comfortably in that city. Then they compare that to the median income, the median household income for these cities. Now, what you find is very interesting because obviously there are some good statistics about Milwaukee. There are some statistics turning in the right direction and there are some that are bad. One of them uh, that is the, uh, the average income, the average household income in the city of Milwaukee. It is approximately $38,000 a year. The average family makes $38,000 a year in Milwaukee. Now, obviously, that's not very high, not very high at all. And when you look on the national scale, it's very low. It's one of the lowest of them all. And so all the people, all the people in, uh, you know, Chicago, south of the border, point, use that, that as, uh, as evidence that this Milwaukee is just a rum hole to live in. Of course, <laughs> this study, I think, proves it uh, a little bit different. Because when you look at these things, let's first look at Milwaukee. Because Milwaukee's, they, Milwaukee's average income, household income, is $38,000. The economists at Yahoo Finance determined that Milwaukee, the amount of income needed to live comfortably in Milwaukee is $67,000. And you look at that and you say, holy smokes, that is a $30,000 deficit, $31,000 deficit to be exact. And then you side right with the Chicago people and say, <laughs> not good, not good, not good. But then, let's, speaking of Chicago, let's look at Chicago. And Chicago has a 52000 household uh, median income. And you think, wow, that's better, right? right? And then you look at, but what is Chicago's cost of living? $84,000 compared to Milwaukee's $67,000. And then you look, and their deficit is yet again $32,000, meaning they're right around the same thing. And this is why I feel like Milwaukee gets a little bit of a bad rap because Milwaukee, it's pretty cheap to live in Milwaukee. Of the 50 biggest cities, Milwaukee was the third lowest in terms of the amount of money needed to live comfortably. They're only ahead of Kansas City and Indianapolis. So I think that's a pretty good thing. Wisconsin as a whole is actually considered pretty uh, inexpensive to live in. So there you go, have it to your people. So all these cities, when you look at them, all of them 
have very similar, <laughs> very similar deficits in terms of what the average income is compared to what uh, their cost of living is. It's all, if you do the average, if you do the average calculation, it's right around $33,000 deficit. So $33,000 deficit between what the average person makes and what the average person needs to live comfortably in that city. Milwaukee, thirty-one thousand. We're right in the buck, the, in the you know, right in the average. And it just goes to show you that a thousand dollars in Milwaukee will get you far more than it will get you in, say, San Francisco, a very high, uh, a very expensive city to live in, or New York, or Chicago, or uh, New Orleans is a higher city to live in, because you know you just have t taxes and you got the rent is much higher and this is much higher and this is much higher and you spend. You know, you have $10,000 you spend in Milwaukee. That $10,000 is going to get you a house, is going to get you this, is going to get you that, compared to, you know, if a, if a rental in Chicago or a rental in Chicago is $20,000, well, you're out of luck. <laughs> you're out of luck. So all these cities have the higher the, the average income, the higher uh, cost of living. So really, it's the same thing. It's completely the same thing. So Milwaukee needs to be given some credit to that, that we're a cheap city, and henceforth, we're, we're, we're a city that you can live relatively inexpensive life and live comfortably uh, and because of that we have a smaller a lower average median income that's just economics i mean i could explain that to you but i could explain that to you but obviously this milwaukee podcast is an economic not an economics podcast and speaking of because it's not an economics podcast let's go into uh, more stuff more headlines from milwaukee wisconsin all right, the first one we got to talk about is the violence, crime, the homicides, the gun violence that is on the rise in Milwaukee. And here's the big part in all other cities in America. This one's not on Tom Barrett, folks. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not. You look at the net, uh, you look at every city across the country from Chicago to Houston to Cincinnati to New York to L.A. to Miami. And crime is up. And you know why crime is up? It's very simple. The coronavirus, the most commonly <laughs> said word in 2020, once again, takes another victim because this is what is this is what I've been saying from the beginning, that the lockdowns just are not healthy for people. <laughs> the feeling of isolation. This is a proven study, a 2018 study done. The feeling of isolation is just as bad in terms of mortality, of, of, of damage and, and likelihood that you will die than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. If you smoke 15 cigarettes a day, you are just as likely to die as someone who feels lonely, someone who feels isolated. And uh, did you not feel isolated in March? <laughs> I mean, be honest. So uh, it's, it's again, it's not Tom Barrett's fault here. It's not Milwaukee's fault. It's everybody. It's the coronavirus's fault. Because you think about it, feeling of helplessness is, is once again plaguing people. I mean, think about it. If you're in these situations, you are you lost your job. There's 40 million people unemployed. You are locked in your house. There is fear. There is pandemonium about this disease that you may have. You may not have it. Would it affect you? Would it kill you? It, you know, is so-and-so going to die? Is your, you know, relative going to be okay? And then you're locked in your house. You, your bank account is going down because you're spending money <laughs> and you have no more income and you can't look for a job. You can't go out and find a new job. I mean, if you lost a job, if you've ever lost a job in your life, what do you do? You get back on your horse and you find another job. You interview, you send in a resume. You can't do that when the whole ent entire city is down. And so it leads to frustration. It leads to a sense of, of helplessness that you can't do anything. Then again, the stay-at-home order gets extended another 30 days and you say, oh my God, here we go again, 30 days. I mean, you think things aren't going to escalate at that point? So I, I just, I've said from the beginning, tunnel vision tunnel vision is what the coronavirus lockdowns are. And 
listen, I'm all for the, the public health crisis here. You know, I agree with it. It's a public health crisis, but there's a lot of side effects that we're slowly seeing here in America. I compared the same thing with some of these uh, race issues, some of these protests, some of these things. I mean, there's there's all sorts of things. Mental health is real, people, and we have to acknowledge that. The people are not are not happy, are not mentally um, healthy. I mean, it's just not good for people to be isolated. And once again, uh, you know, it's it's all for the corona. I mean, it's just hard for me to believe Milwaukee's homicides, Milwaukee's non-fatal shootings, Milwaukee's gun violence is on a four-year decline. <laughs> From 2015 to 2019, we were down 33% total. We were on that same trend, if not be- for a better tr- for a year, in 2020, up until April. And then suddenly we spiked to 80%. That's what I call a, f- a, a crazy event, coronavirus. So it's not Tom Barrett's fault. It is the coronavirus's fault. And when you block people down and when people have, are feeling helpless and have no upward mobility and are, lo- are out of a job and there's massive fear and pandemonium, you get things escalate. Things get violent. Things get frustrated. People get frustrated. Things escalate. And here we have non-fatal shootings, homicides, all sorts of gun violence. Next thing I want to talk about is the Ryder Cup uh, is rumored to be postponed till 2021. That I love. <laughs> I love it. Twenty summer of twenty twenty was supposed to be, or twenty twenty in general was just supposed to be the year of Milwaukee. We were supposed, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago on our podcast. And uh, let's just say that's all crumbling apart at the seams as we speak here. The Ryder Cup was a part of that, and I think um, if we do it in twenty twenty one, that is a win win for everybody, especially Milwaukee, because then we get the same economic impact, we get the same touristic impact, we get the same, you know, all good things that come from hosting that event when it's safe and when people come and when there's fans allowed in the thing, because even if it wasn't canceled, you really think there's going to be 50,000 fans at, you know, Whistling Straits this, uh, this September? I think not. So I'm in favor of it postponed to 2021. I love that idea. Uh, yes, so that's, that's all for there. Next one is the MPS, Milwaukee Public School System, has officially separated uh, from Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Police Department. And this is where I got a few takes on this. And number one, remember, I'm not not currently in school in a Milwaukee public school. I don't know. I've never been. I've never gone to a Milwaukee public school. I don't know the situation. Um, All I'm going to say is, though, is when I did go to school and when people I know go to school, and especially in this climate now with school shootings and, and violence and stuff like that, some of the stuff you see on the news, there is there is a sense of security. There is a sense of safety when there is some type of security officer, some type of police officer, some type of security figure at these schools, whether it's a security desk, whether it's a guy, you know, a retired police officer watching a computer screen with the security camera footage or whether it's a, you know, an armed police officer. There is that to be there is a sense of security derived from that, especially in nowadays. So I just hope that MPS does not, you know, down later in the future, MPS does not compromise the safety and the security of some of their students because back in June, it was real fun to just, you know, defund the police and arrest the police and charge the police and get rid of the police because, as we know, like the coronavirus, there are different things at play here. And will, you know, this seg- would this be a good idea in August? Hopefully, but uh, you just never know. So hopefully they can figure something out in terms of security. Number two, or number uh, number four now, uh, is the growing recovered percentages of coronavirus patients, meaning that more and more people that had coronavirus are recovering, and that is a good thing. Uh, the current percentage of recovered patients, so of all the people with coronavirus, 80% of them have recovered. That is a great thing. If that gets to 100%, the coronavirus is, for all intents and purposes, eliminated in the state of Wisconsin. It has been steadily increasing. It was at 70 early last week. Now it's at 80. And uh, the reason for this, obviously, is we are outpacing 
the new cases. So more people are recovering every day, every week, every month than new people are getting the virus. So that's obviously a good thing. Now, I don't know. If you listen to the, the doom and gloom media, you'll you know, it's, we're all going to die again. <laughs> I don't know. But who knows what the trends are going to look like on the other end of this. But all I'm saying right now is the percentage of recovered coronavirus patients is increasing, and that is a good thing. All right, final thing about police reform, which um, revolves around uh, Tom Barrett and uh, Tony Evers, the governor of Wisconsin and the mayor of Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> as of a couple weeks ago, there was a lot of political action, uh, political reform to trying to combat some of this police reform and kind of lead the charge on this police reform. And there's all sorts of things in every different city. And we covered a lot of that on our last week's podcast. But now I'm starting to see a little bit of a slowdown in that. <laughs> and obviously, as someone who supports the cause, I'm a little concerned because you just you just never know with 2020 what is going to, you know, what is going to come around in, in, uh, in July that, you know, takes the media attention away from that. So, all I'm going to say is Tony, uh, Tom Barrett and Tony Evers both made kind of passive-aggressive, call it what it is, passive-aggressive moves to try to reform the police, uh, and, and both of them, are, 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 are their hands are kind of tied, and that's why it's a pretty passive move. Tom, on Tom Barrett's side, he, made, he sent a letter to the Police and Fire Commission that basically it was a strongly worded letter, <laughs> but it was a letter still that basically suggested that on behalf of Milwaukee, on behalf of the citizens of Milwaukee, that they implement a couple of policies such as no chokeholds and uh, no knock warrants and some of those other things that people are are demanding. Um, his hands are tied. Number one is that he does not have the legal authority as mayor to mandate laws within the police department or rules within the police department of what police can or cannot do. That is all, all the authority lies in the hands of the Police and Fire Commission, which is appointed by Tom Barrett and then approved by the Common Council, like all good, you know, political entities. But nevertheless, he cannot actually, you know, say chokeholds are illegal in the in Milwaukee Police Department. No, he has to get the, the Fire and Police Commission have to do that. Tony Evers' hands are also tied <laughs> because he announced announced that he was planning on signing a package of police reform bills, including some of the same stuff, no knock warrants, uh, no chokeholds, stuff like that. Of course, he's in a different situation. He's kind of subject to the checks and balances system because, according to him, he believes that he, if that law, if he that he does introduce that law, because it's a law, it has to go through the same processes that laws go through and henceforth go through all three branches of government. One of the branches being the legislator, legislative, which is made up of the Republican-controlled Assembly and Republican-controlled Senate. And Tony Evers, <laughs> I kind of don't blame him, <laughs> thinks that the, uh, the Assembly and the Senate are not going to like that. <laughs> and uh, judging that their past history and their past conflicts with the governor, I think it's all safe to say that. So I... <laughs> His hands are also kind of tied. So he said at the earliest, if that majority is lost, the Republican majority is lost in the upcoming 2020 election in the fall, then obviously he could then introduce it in 2021 or basically, I, I don't know. Again, it was kind of a we'll, 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 we'll try when we can kind of type of a thing. So that's that. So Tony Evers and Tom Barrett's hands are kind of tied when it comes to this. And uh, hopefully, hopefully their hands become untied and we get... Uh, some more. We keep on the reform train here in Wisconsin and Milwaukee. All right, that is all we have for you today here on the RZR Live RMKE podcast. I'm going to plug next week's episode right here, right now, because I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, next week, we're going to dive into segregation in Milwaukee. And there has been, ever since the George Floyd death, there has been a lot of people that are looking at cities, Milwaukee included, that are segregated and have all sorts of claims about 
uh, how we are racist, racists, and everything about Milwaukee is racist, and yada yada yada. And there is a, a truth, a little bit of truth to that, but that a lot of that is fake. There's a lot of deeper, bolder economic issues that happen in the latter half of the 20th century that that basically resulted in us being a segregated population. So I'm going to dive into that. We're also going to that's also going to lead to ways to some crime, segregation, poverty. We're going to get kind of all into that. It's all looped in one. It's a fantastic. It's not a fantastic story. It's a depressing story. But when you know the story, it all clicks together, and you really realize what happened and why we are now the way we are. So I think you'll like that, and that will be next week, Wednesday. Um, but for now, uh, check out our Twitter feed if you have not. Just type in our city, our life, our Milwaukee into your Twitter uh, search bar. It'll pop right up. Uh, but until then, my name is Luke Orozco. Rate, review, subscribe, do whatever you have to do. And we'll see you next time here on the Our City, Our Life, Our Milwaukee podcast. Peace. Peace.